0: Hello, and thank you for joining us for How Have You Not Seen, a movie podcast where we fill in the gaps in each other's cinematic knowledge by asking important questions like, you seriously haven't seen Titanic?
1: Or... You never caught the squid and the whale? Or...
0: How have you not seen broadcast news? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of How Have You Not Seen? I'm your co-host, Caroline Thompson.
1: My, my pop filter just fell off my table. I'm Carson Betts.
0: <laughs> and this is How Have You Not Seen, a movie podcast For each week we pick one of our favorite movies that the other hasn't seen. We talk about it. Then we go and watch the movie.
1: Oh, and then we talk about it some more. It's going to be a real good time. Oh, yeah.
0: So, Carson, we're just going to hop into it. Oh, yeah. How have you not seen broadcasting? Uh...
1: Uh, there's no great story to this one um i i had always like i knew that this movie existed i've always definitely like seen images of it i guess i never until recently i had not heard that it is like such a fucking classic like it is you know like a singular bit of comedic cinema uh right. from that era um I think I was, going, this is definitely, it's also one of those movies where, you know, a year ago you were like, don't watch that movie. I want to talk about it in the podcast. <laughs> right. so like, but yeah, other than that, I mean, there's no, no great story to it.
0: Yeah. I just have not gotten around to it. That's fair. That's fair. Well, um, in that case, what do you know about broadcast news? I would imagine I, a decent amount, but. I,
1: I, you know. As as we kind of briefly talked about before recording, I know that Holly Hunter is in it. She's the lead, I believe. Um, I think that's yeah, the only actor I can kind of bring up right now. But it's like she. Ah, boy. Is it like she's a print journalist and then she starts working at a TV station or is it just like the TV station's just the setting the whole time?
0: No, the TV station's pretty much the setting the whole time.
1: Okay, All right. So she's a journalist at a TV station. She's a, a, you know, an on-screen reporter and there's some hijinks, (laughs) you know, and uh, maybe I don't know that much about this movie.
0: Yeah, I don't think you know too much about this movie. No, I don't think
1: I do. Oh, it's James L. Brooks, right?
0: Yes. Yes, yeah. it is. Okay. Yes, All it is. Right.
1: I know that. I know that. Um, he of he of Simpson's fame. Yes.
0: Yes. Um. Yeah. Maybe you don't know too much about this movie.
1: because it's not. Like, I
0: guess I can't say that you're wrong, but "hijinks" is not really a word. Okay. To
1: describe this. Movie. All right.
0: <laughs> I mean, it, I guess it would depend on one's personal definition of hijinks, sure. but um, I certainly don't think this movie is. It's not brimming over with hijinks. There's a little bit, but okay. All right. Okay. Um, and That's that fun. being said, is there anything you know about this movie? Anything else uh, before I move on?
1: So, um, you know, there's this thing where they do, they they report the news on television. It's not how I get my news, but, you know, some people do, I guess.
0: Yeah, especially back back in the day, back in the 80s. Yeah, yeah I get when, all uh, mine from
1: Facebook and QAnon.com.
0: Fair enough, fair well, enough.
1: Well, it's, QAnon, it's QAnon.gov. I'm sorry, that is the actual, you know. <laughs> whoa um all right well if that's the case then are you ready to hop into our little game oh yeah let's do it let's go
0: all right this week we are playing a classic we are doing rotten tomatoes the price is right oh hell yeah ding 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 if this is your first episode the way this game works is i have selected three films Carson and i are going to try to guess their tomato meter score on the infamous review aggregator rotten tomatoes the closest without going over wins
1: Okay, Carson, are you yes, ready? I am ready.
0: As always, uh, we start with the film that we're discussing on the episode, Broadcast News. I'm going to come out with a strong 95. Oh, that is exactly what I was going to Damn. say. Damn. That is exactly what I Killing was going it. to say. Stealing it. Love it. Um, I think that's really close. Mm. I am going to be... So... The only two options I have right now yeah. are 96% and 1%. <laughs> so, you know, because you bet $1, Bob. You know, okay, you bet $1 yeah, sure, $1 sure, and, sure, um, sure. Yeah. Christian just looked at me like I was insane.
1: Well, I um, was... Because it's just, I, it's just I, I, if I you
0: overshot it, I win it. Or if you didn't get it right on the nugget,
1: I win it. I wasn't thinking about the strategy of it. I was thinking about the, like, I thought you liked this movie. I thought this was a good <laughs> no, one. Yeah. No, yeah. No, so this movie's terrible. Mm, um, this movie fucking sucks. This is like the the Oogie Loves or whatever the fucking lowest rated on tomatoes. <laughs>
0: um let's think. God, I really think I really think if it's not 95%, I'm mm. going to guess that it's above 95. I'm going to give you the slightest bit of wiggle room and I'm going to say 97.
1: All right. I think Solid. this is
0: one that has benefited certainly from being so beloved when it came out and just kind of being an unimpeachable classic that I don't think it's I don't think it suffered too much of the 20 years later retrospectives or yeah. like, that this movie is bad on the internet um yeah uh cool pivoting just a little bit um okay. actually pivoting pretty pretty wildly is another film about a tv uh news network which is network oh okay hmm Very different. I mean,
1: a very different film, but like another, you know, classic of new Hollywood. Uh, I mean, people love network, right? Like, yeah, I'll go a little lower. I'll say 90. Cause it's a film that's like about stuff. So that you know, is that's... exactly
0: what I was going to say.
1: Hell yeah. Say 90. I'm winning the fucking, you know, the war of aggression at least. I mean, you know, right. I might not win the game, but you know, I'm pissing you off. So you it, sure are. It's a win in that way. <laughs> I'm going to bump up to 94. Okay. All right. Um, Cause again, much like with broadcast news,
0: I think if, I think if it's not right around 90, it's going to be a little bit above for rather than a little bit of below. Mm. And now uh, the the final film we will be guessing is yet another film about a TV station, UHF.
1: Oh fuck! I could I have
0: never absolutely seen no idea where this is going to fall on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't. This could be an eighty. This could be a twelve.
1: Yeah, I and, like, I would
0: fully understand either of those because, like, options.
1: I I know of UHF. Like, I know that it's a thing that's exi- that exists. I have heard references to it. I do not know if it is like a legitimate cult classic or it is just a movie that people reference for the sake of being able to reference UHF. Right. You know, fuck. Um.
0: It's just such a strange thing that exists. It is. That, like it's like Weird it's Al like Yaghi you let Weird Al form. make a movie and it's just like a a very zany, like very much his humor, but just like a a comedy with no music and then he never does another movie ever. It's It's like (laughs) it's such a weird art
1: cultural artifact. (sighs) It's like if The Lonely Island they never produced Pop Star, just like Jorma Tacone produced Palm Springs and then they never made another movie. No, it's (laughs) like if Andy Sandberg was in That's My Boy and then was never in another movie again. Um I'm going to say oh god I'm going to say 60 60 it feels kind of safe but I'm going to say 60 oh,
0: That's good. I am going to say I haven't seen this movie in years. I saw this movie when I was a teenager before Mm -hmm. I was really like thinking particularly critically about film. And I said, that was funny. And then I uh, never seen it since. So in my brain, this film exists. It's pretty funny, but that's also going by 15 year old uh, knees standards, which have changed quite a bit over the last Mm -hmm. several years. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say for UHF, I'm going to go ahead and go a little lower. I'm going to say 40 I don't think it's probably that bad of a film, but yeah. I do think that it probably gets that more, like a, a, a colder critical reception than like, I think it's one of those ones that's pretty low with critics, pretty high with audience.
1: This is this is the one I'm the most interested to find out about when we come back.
0: Right, well, that being said, you wanna go watch broadcast news? Hell yeah, I'm very excited, let's do it. All right, well, we are gonna go watch broadcast news and we will be right back uh, after the break. We are back. We're back. We are, we are back, back from Albert Brooks's house after we are back from the correspondence dinner after we are back from work.
1: His house is so cool.
0: It is so cool.
1: I loved his house so much. I want to live in it. I, especially, I'm like, man, for like a single man, like all that space. Wow. Yeah, I know. I know. The 80s, baby. Ugh, the 80s. Oh, literally, there was a line in that. When, when was the line in this about, oh, right at the beginning where he's like, you'll never make More More than $19,000 a year. (laughs) In my head, I was like, man, by inflation standards. It's not that pretty bad. Good. Yeah. probably pretty good. And that's like what the guys say. Like, that was not too bad. And I'm like, yeah, it sounds pretty nice, actually. Yeah,
0: because that was when they were kids and it took place, I believe, Holly Hunter's bit mm-hmm. took place in 1968. I don't know if it's all 1968, but let's see really quickly. Corey, bring us Look back to in. our game. And I've already done yeah, yeah, it. Plug it ahead. into
1: the inflation the inflation calculator. All right. So the first half of this uh, episode, we played Rotten Tomatoes Price is right. Yes, we did so um spoilers this is a neck and neck game
0: (laughs) sorry 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 $19,000 in 1968 is worth $153,000 today (laughs) no fucking way that's
1: oh my god Uh, I I might I might never make $19,000 today let alone $153,000 oh my god that hurts that fucking hurts
0: anyway sorry Corey go on
1: Mm. no that was great thank you um so neck and neck game let's dive right in uh film number one broadcast news yeah carson guessed 95 and caroline guest 97 broadcast news clocks in at a 98 yes 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 wow. yes yes, yes,
0: yes. <laughs> Okay, I need I need this win. I need this you, win. You do. Shit.
1: Um, and this is a lot of fun to listen back to um, because it, Carson took uh, took your guesses on the first two right off the bat. It was just this great episode, a great did. game to listen back to. Um, all right, film number two, Network, uh, a film which I want to do on this podcast very, very badly.
0: Wink, wink, wink. wink.
1: Carson, guest 90 caroline guest 94 and network clocks in at (laughs) ninety two. fuck barely um and film number three which i had to google because i had zero idea what it was is uhf uhf weird (laughs) out weird out (laughs) person guest 60 caroline guest 40 and UHF clocks in at 61. No. <laughs> Carson wow. Carson, this week has had maybe the best game of Rotten Tomatoes prices wow. I've ever heard on the show.
0: Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, I mean, off by an average of less than 4%, I think, across yep. the game. You know, yeah.
1: I, I didn't need to go that hard, but I did anyway. But, but you did. sure did. I did. Wow. Y'all. Hmm. You know?
0: Glad to hear that uh, that UHF is technically fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, <laughs> that's I'm, I'm very. That's pleased. fun. I am glad we live in a world where at least that's happened.
1: I have a sneaking suspicion that the Daniel Radcliffe Weird Al movie will not be, unfortunately. Oh, but I can't wait for the Daniel Radcliffe. Weird Al I look. Movie. I want to see it. It's just everything. What is? Who is producing it? It's like fucking Roku well, it, or some shit.
0: Isn't it like a? But isn't it like an expansion of like a funnier die sketch? Like isn't but, the yes. idea? Isn't the idea that like. They are making a parody of biopics by like casting a, by casting a very not serious but like by casting Daniel Radcliffe as Weird Al. Like, isn't that the point? Isn't it like very like meta and like
1: isn't it just like kind of like an in joke? I that would be my guess I don't know I don't guess uh, I'm interested you were correct though Roku Roku exclusively Roku. available on the Roku channel this the is place. Mark Marin has a joke in one of his stand-up specials was where he's like every other week now somebody comes to me and is like oh do you watch the do you watch this documentary I, I don't know what's it on oh it's on Bebo Bebo <laughs> what's Bebo <laughs> and yeah it's like every week there's a new oh, what, Roku's doing movies now right I thought they solely oh. made cheap TVs that's like what the hell um so uh Broadcast News. Yes. Here's the thing about Broadcast News is that I am very excited to rewatch it cuz it I think I'm going to like it more and more and more and more every time I watch it.
0: Yes, 100%.
1: 110%. It's absolutely grow. a grower of a movie. It was one of those I don't know if I discussed this like thing on the main feed. I definitely did in the Patreon. Um oh, I did. I did in, in The Mood for Love and it's a slightly different thing, but there there are times when like a movie will I don't know that I'm emotionally caught up in it until like at, at one point it just all hits me. And then I go, whoa, I guess I've been emotionally caught up in this movie because the entire time I'm watching it, I'm like, OK, this is interesting. This is compelling. There's it's kind of a movie of parts. There's this there's this, you know, there's this romance subplot. There's this workplace drama. There's this like sat there's this like of of politics going on. And I don't really know, it's none of it's. it's it's all good, it's all pretty quality, but like, none of it's really coming together for me. And then you get to the scene at the end where Jane confronts Bill Hurt at the airport. And I was just so fucking in it. I was like, I was like, oh shit, this is good. This is so good. And like every, and that is the scene where like, every dangling thread in the movie and all of its all of its themes and the satire of it and the workplace drama of it and the the kind of tragic romance of it all come together and meld. And it's so good. And I was like shaking on the couch like, oh shit, yeah, tell him, tell him. Like, get him, Holly Hunter, get him, you know?
0: Yeah, no, definitely. And I mean, like, I will say, like, it is one that like, it definitely, like, it gets better upon rewatch, certainly. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like it gets funnier upon rewatch. Yeah. Because it is that thing where it's like, it is you know, the humor is, I don't want to say understated because like, it's not like, I mean, Joan Cusack so full, like fully bodies a fucking yeah. water fountain. <laughs> She's running down the hall. Like With that her... is like, that's a bit, but like, Herodic. you know, like yeah. the, 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 the comedy is not like people like, you know, it isn't people saying like, extremely outrageous things it's people saying things that are like 40% too witty for the situation like in mm-hmm. real life and stuff like that and it is that thing where it's like the first time you watch it you're like you're like, okay like this is this is cute like this is clever at least for me anyway and then like upon rewatch, like it makes me cackle
1: yeah and you're like this is a perfectly like well-tuned artifact I mean yeah I find that with a lot of older comedies Because while I am a fan of, I mean, I, I have said this to Caroline many times, Blazing Saddles is maybe my favorite movie. Like it's uh, like fucking up there, but like, I, you know, a lot of older comedies because post the age of, this is interesting, I was listening to actually Adam McKay talk about this because I didn't like his last movie but it was an interesting thing he was saying about how in the you know when um digital filmmaking took over the pace of jokes just kind of changed in movies and like we are so as a modern audience in 2022 so unused to the rhythms of something that's you know in a blazing saddles or a princess bride or a broadcast news that like personally i find it kind of hard to tap into them until like usually once i know them and i know what's going on on that second rewatch it always hits me harder every single time i watch it definitely
0: movie. definitely
1: yeah. yeah um but yeah it's it's funny it is compelling it is a very good movie it's i a would very say very good movie yeah. So
0: yeah yeah it's a very good movie and it's very like it's very like comforting mm. you know what i mean like i find i think a lot of it because it takes place like it's like so like gray and overcast for so much of it that it just kind of feels yeah. like a a kind of dreary rainy day where you're just kind of like making your way through which is like obviously like a big part about what this film is is mm-hmm. it's like is it's like our work is everything but also like why is our work everything and also mm-hmm. like these standards like they fucking mean something and all also like, but they don't. And it's just like it is that very like, I think it is, I think it's very interesting that this movie comes out when it does because it does feel like it is on the precipice of grappling with like like the Gen X um and like millennial thing of yeah like, why do we all fucking care about work so much? Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's like these people's lives like revolve so much around work. Um because it is important, and they are in a field that they like think is important, but also like all of their personal struggles come out of their workplace. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like it's like they're all coworkers. Like you don't like. I don't think there's a single main character who does not work with them. No, there's nobody who has you... more than like four lines who does not work for their company. I mean,
1: like Jack Nicholson, and that's only because he's just higher up the food chain.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But like, um, and I think it is. I think it's, like, I mean, we were talking about Albert Brooks's house and, like, how fucking mm-hmm. nice it is. And it's yeah. also, too, this thing of, um, like, I mean, we were, to- we were talking about you'll never make more than $19,000. And today I would love mm-hmm. to make $153,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't
1: that be great? Um,
0: and, like, you know, and it's that thing of, like, I feel like this film is still written and rooted in a time where, like, a 40 hour work week, like a full-time job in America is a little bit more of your identity and a little bit more about your life. But like, I feel like this film is really kind of grappling with what that means in a way that like a lot of, that I think in a way that I think is like really progressive for the time.
1: Yeah, it's, it does. I mean, there's a number of things in this movie. I, I was given... Literal The like literal subject matter Of a lot of the plot of this thing And what it is trying to grapple with in American culture I was surprised like man this thing really holds up Like it does not feel It feels dated in that you're like Oh I can easily cast my mind back To this point in the 80s in which like this is where We were at in the culture right? right. And like it still resonates to things that are going on today Obviously but like <sighs> Oh man It's like What am I trying to say here That they're like the reason that i think so much of the workplace stuff like so much of that thematic ground really works is because they are doing a job which is legitimately hyper important yes. and like yes. actually and like the stakes of whether or not they do their job well is really important and i do think that the you know, the sort of, I mean, you said this is kind of a Gen X thing. I do think that the millennial version of this would be, the millennial version of this is is kind of, well, maybe this is, like, this is the late baby boomer version of this, and then the, like, late Gen X version of this is, like, basically clerks. It's, like, why is our, why are our lives so wrapped up in our jobs? Our jobs are stupid and meaningless. Whereas, like, this thing is about, like, no, the broadcasting of the evening news is actually kind of fucking hyper important, especially in the 80s. And I mean, and that's, that's the stakes that are developed in the beginning. That's Holly Hunter's first, her, her like shitty speech that goes over so terribly at the conference is about like, yeah, no, we should actually take this seriously. Like why, like. We can't just be doing shitty, stupid stories about, you know dominoes. About dominoes. Yeah, about like domino races or whatever the fuck. Which well, that I mean, watching that, there that was a moment where I like cast my mind forward. I'm like, oh honey, if you could only see what it's like. No, become, I know. Well, and that's if you like, could like, only see.
0: What... That, is, that is what's like really great about this movie. And like also it gets that like perfect fucking joke, like perfect delivery from Holly, mm-hmm. where she's just like, I know it's fun. I like fun. And <laughs> I like fun. It's I'm like, not it's just that Kill thing joke. of like. I'm just like like honey if you have to insist that you like fun like Mm. you are killing the fun but like it's also very true and it's like I think that that gets a very good tension between her and like William Hurt throughout the film Mm -hmm. is because it's like like Tom is like for the most part like a good dude you know yeah like he is like he is not this like malevolent force that's like coming in and he's just a guy who like I want to be good at my job. Like I want to come in, which I think is a really, really great place to like ground him uh, with his like flashback where it's just like, it's just like, dad, like I tried really hard and like, I'm not good at it. And like, I just want to like do something. Like, I just want to be like good at something. And so it's like, it is that thing where it's like his constant failing upward and having like, not even that chip on his shoulder because like he doesn't have a chip on his shoulder about it, but just kind of having that, like that knowledge and that fear that like, I'm just like, I'm not good at any of this. And I just keep getting things and like yeah. I just want to feel like good at it and it's like that thing where it's like he he is not here to be like a malevolent force to wreck the thing that Holly Hunter mm-hmm. like he generally or he genuinely is like no like I want this to be good like I want mm-hmm. to be good at this like I want to do things that people care about but it is that idea of like but like you're kind of like you know if he if we let you do this we are opening the door for like taking that a step further and then taking that mm-hmm. a step further and then taking mm-hmm. that a step further which I think is like, mm-hmm. really fun and interesting um because it would be too easy to make it like Holly Hunter is like the good producer who knows what news is and like he's a dumb brash head mm-hmm. like person who doesn't care and like doesn't care about the news mm-hmm. doesn't care about the news and it's really sweet
1: yeah know? it's Mm. it's such it's such strong character writing because the entire i mean it, it works it is a, it is a characterization which works really really well for you know both his relationship with holly hunter professionally and also romantically like it's a very interesting tension and then also just in terms of the love triangle of it all because look w- watching this movie i am most my my like internal clock is set where like okay i should be on brooks's side for this like that is my as a as a young like nerdy ass man who was way my experience in high school was way closer to Albert Brooks's than it was you know to certainly. to Bill Hurt's like the entire time I'm like oh man like I get you man if only she'd notice if only she noticed the love was right there the whole time but then like the inversion of
0: but like, he's actually not like that bad of a guy
1: like he's no certainly he's not a shithead like I want to hate him but I can't because he's 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 pretty, I mean, he's kind of dumb, but he's not, he's not stupid. Like, he's, you yeah. know. Yeah. And and, and and then by the end, of, once you get to kind of it all coming to a head with Albert Brooks, that it's, it's not that, like, Albert Brooks becomes a total shithead, but he is acting like a real asshole. Right, right. Partially because he just wants to be like, no, he's a bad, I mean, he's not a bad guy, but, like, can't you he's see? He's the he devil. Re- <laughs> he's the devil. He represents everything you hate. Yeah. Like.
0: And it's like, and, but he's pretty and nice. Well, what do you think the nice. devil's gonna be? Yeah, exactly.
1: Which is exactly—I mean—that line is when Jack Nicholson finally shows up in the newsroom. I was like, mm, yes, the true devil. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. That's my, my witches of Eastwick. eat your heart out. But like, yeah, it it creates such an interesting dynamic that that does work for all the professional drama and for all the interpersonal relationship stuff, like. We got, okay, so we got to talk to me. I'm like, we got to talk because it is really fascinating, the date rape story, just, and the way that that works in the film, both from a perspective of just like, this is really interesting, highly specific screenwriting. And also like the way that that plays now is so, I don't want to say bizarre because I think the film is really clear about what it's saying with that. But just given where the culture is now, it has changed so much. And then- also all the i mean all the, the the brooks scene where he admits the love and it's just that big fight like that is so what a what if what a hyper specific thing that is yeah like those two actors just really go to town on each other um no i know
0: and it's great and it's like i don't know like i think i i want to draw two parallels yeah not to like how the film actually works but like the things that like we keyed into about this and about um when harry met sally sure. which is the thing of like you know you're watching it that first time totally blind and you're like where is this gonna go mm-hmm. and then like once you tap into it and once you watch it that second time you're like no it's perfect like it's exactly yeah. what it yeah. needs to be from yes. square one um and i think both of those films do it and i think it's really important too for this movie is that it's like like what we talked about with When Harry Met Sally is it's like, it is so important that they are genuinely friends.
1: Yes, yes. You know, it is
0: so important to the way that the film unfolds, that they are genuinely friends, they genuinely like each other, and they Mm -hmm. like genuinely like want the best for one another, so that when that romantic tension becomes like a conflict between the Mm -hmm. two of them, like, no, I don't want you guys to like destroy your relationship with one another, Mm -hmm. and like, I don't want really either of you to win, like, Holly Hunter, like, I don't want you to date Albert Brooks just because Albert Brooks wants you to Mm -hmm. date him, but like, but like albert brooks i don't want holly hunter to break your heart just because like you're kind of being an asshole it's like yeah yeah like it gets that like a balance of like it doesn't feel like either of them i mean albert brooks more so but like Mm. he doesn't feel like he it doesn't seem like he feels entitled to her Mm -hmm. it just it feels like he feels like just like it's unrequited love but like in a in a real non like possessive sense just in that like
1: it's it's interesting because the thing he's playing and he's always like he's always playing most of the time there's like maybe the two what he actually says like i'm in love with you you need to like he basically is like you need to fucking at least consider it like you can't just yeah you can't i mean they do the earlier when he he all but says it and he gives her the kiss which is what a the, the The moment of the kiss is so interesting because it's not like Holly Hunter's like, Ooh, gross. It, but it's like they're friends and it's, it's not quite that she's like, Ooh, gross. No. And it's not quite that she's like, I'm just going to let this happen. But it's also not that she's like, I am actively involving myself in this. It is just, it it is this odd moment that happens. And then immediately he makes the joke of, well I felt something, which he, bakes as a joke like it's right. it's, ha- it's half him really saying it and half a joke that you know then when you get to the part of him actually just being like look I know that every time I talk to you about this I immediately undercut it with a joke and I'm about to keep doing that over and over and over again right. but you do need to actually consider it like you need to think about it for a second and really let it process through your brain I'm going to tell you I'm in love with you and we need to deal with that cuz you know, I can't sit here and watch you want to fuck Bill Hurt and he won't let you. I just can't, you know? And like, it's, it's, I'm incredibly sympathetic to his character, despite the fact that like he really gets into some asshole, assholeish territory. But definitely. Because you have that pre, as you said, because we have that previous relationship of them being friends and because so much of their friendship is based upon them kind of like acting like assholes to the rest of the newsroom and like them throwing their weight around that way, like, You understand why Holly Hunter isn't just like, okay, fuck you, I'm out. Like, why she doesn't just leave. And why he's like, get out of here. No, come back. Come back. Let's go. Let's actually. And why she actually comes back. Because they are friends and they do love each other. And that gives them both some leeway to kind of hurt each other a little bit more than they maybe would otherwise. And it still be recoverable. Definitely. Yeah. It's it's very good. What a, just, yeah, a very hyper-specific relationship that I found to be... I just, I just very very fully textured and fully colored and and then the bill heard of it all i do love that the entire i do love the kind of continuous joke of she keeps being like okay now we're gonna fuck right like now her, her putting the condoms in the purse and she knows that the condoms are gonna have to come out of the purse so she's like oh let's just let's just leave and they keep getting this close, then Bill Hurts just like, I don't know, maybe I'm just stupid sack of shit. And she's like, No, <laughs> no, you're beautiful. Just kiss me. Oh yeah. Oh, it's so funny. Oh Lord. Okay. So like, I I do think we need to talk about the the date that that whole plot sure. artifact. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I want to you know obviously be as sensitive as possible because it is. You know, a, a very it's, it's treated very sensitively in the film, which yeah. I was—I was, I mean, not surprised by because at that point the movie had already been fairly nuanced. But right, like, it is very weird watching it in a modern in a modern day and thinking like, okay, this because I don't want to. It's almost on the level of being a plot contrivance. Like it yeah. does become very thematically important and very important to the relationships of these characters, but I'm like, that today if that was in your screenplay, it would either be like this is the entire movie and this is what the entire movie's about, or you need to cut it out entirely. Like it would not, right. it would not fly as just a one small part of the themes of this thing. Right. Um. But I did find it on that level to be very fascinating watching it with a modern eye because it's like it is kind of threading this needle of like, okay, well, they're, what they're stated, stating is like, and Albert Brooks is basically an asshole. He says it, he's like, well, this is kind of a puff piece. Like, this is not serious news. And on a level, it kind of is, at least in the way it's presented, because it's just, hey, I got a story from this one woman. This is not really about the epidemic of date rape. It's just kind of about, I interviewed this girl and I'm going to cry about it to show you how much of a you know, a sensitive man I am.
0: Yeah. yeah. And, like, real quick, like, yeah. obviously, if you're listening this far into the podcast, hopefully you've seen broadcast yes, news. Yes, yes. And if you're listening this far into the broadcast, or the, the podcast, and you have not seen broadcast news, uh, maybe turn this off and go uh, listen to, or watch broadcast news. Yeah. But, like, obviously, like, if you're not, like, obviously, like, content warning for, uh, yeah. like, some themes of the film about, like, sexual assault. Uh. So, yeah. So, that's where that is um also real quick uh it was devastatingly late in my life when I realized that a podcast is called a podcast because it is playing on the word broadcast
1: yeah yeah uh, I didn't
0: figure that out until like way later than I was uh than I'm proud to admit um iPod anyways,
1: broadcast
0: yes an iPod broadcast a
1: podcast right now that was a <laughs> great discovery for me on air
0: Great. I love, love that. it. Um, so Carson, yes, yes. Back to, back to what you are saying. Mm-hmm. It is that thing of like, and I mean, nowadays, like we are very used mm-hmm. to stories like that. Like it is, it is, it isn't news. That's no. the thing.
1: That's Yes. News. That's the weird thing it's, of it. Yeah.
0: It is, it is like investigative journalism, mm-hmm. but it isn't news,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is like kind of where You know, that, that belongs on, you know, almost like a 60 minutes, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: not on the evening news, but that's so much of what the evening news has become. But also at the same time, like if the evening news was still that we would be in a much better place in this country. (laughs) Like it's kind of, it's kind of the precursor to just like, we're going to sensationalize everything and like everything is going to be a new story and like, it doesn't Uh actually matter. Uh Um, But Yeah. I do
1: it it is yeah it's it's a weird mix of things because I mean it it is again I'm interested it is not played comedically at all it's Albert Brooks comes in and he makes a shitty joke about it which is like again there is there is some accuracy to it in like wow this guy asked if he could do a news story and he 100% did not do a thing that was news right but he's also being an asshole by missing the emotional importance of what this thing is and what it could be, and, def- and how it's how every woman in the office and also me- most of the men are like really fucking emotionally captured by what's going on on screen for very good reason. But but yeah, but it's like. It is interesting. It's that interesting distinction of like, yes, Harvey Weinstein engaging in like, you know, the producer of a major film company and, you know, over years and years and years of sexual assault. That is news. But, you know, this one one individual woman is date raped, not news. And it's not, but it is important. And it, it's just like, right. You when you think about it, it's like, ah, yes, this is kind of the the paradox that lives in the center of of the news media, like beyond all the bullshit that has, you know, started in the 80s of it becoming highly commercialized and then obviously just crazy, crazy, you know, multiplied by itself now. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, God, I don't, I don't want to be too much of an old man shouting this guy, but like I feel very Albert Brooksy when like I will go on my Apple News app and I frequently say, I wish that there was a setting in Apple News where I could turn on a slider and it would just be the no dumb bullshit slider. Yes, I don't want. Yes. I don't want dumb bullshit. I don't want dumb. Bl- Let me see if there's anything. Like that. These ones are actually pretty good. Ah, crime thriller. The tourist will take you on quite a ride. I, what the Jamie Dornan directed? you? I don't need to know that. This is actually it's a bad example. This is actually fairly good. This is a lot of Russia stuff on it today. But well, yes, but yeah. we are living in a. I mean, we're we'll in a particular time week, right but. now. But yeah, but like. Yeah, it's it's it is it's both like this movie feels very apocalyptic because it is about the slow degradation of standards of news journalism. But also. I do it's like, oh, man, halcyon days like I wish.
0: Yeah, exactly. exactly.
1: I wish the evening news. I wish the evening news was something that had any amount of credibility anymore. I wish like this is any time I talk to. I don't know if I, you know, if I. I'm speaking to someone who's more conservative-leaning and I like complain about Fox News, and they're like, oh, fucking CNBC, CNN. I'm like, I don't fucking watch them. I
0: don't... It's like, it's like they're not too, guys. <laughs> they, like, su- they suck less, but they suck. But, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I uh, read, fucking hate that
1: shit. I read my news, thank you very much, because I'm an influenced consumer. Fucking push up my glasses. Um, like, yeah, the evening news has just totally gone downhill. I mean, you know, not to say that there's no one doing good work, but it is... Just television news standards have become so nothing nowadays, and it's the twenty four hour cycle of it, and the fact that there's this this, always the need to more more content and more sensationalism, and you know, it is it is very weird. It makes this film a very weird watch in that in that way.
0: Yes, no, I mean definitely, and so like I mean, okay, like that leads me to uh, an interesting question, which Mm. I think the film, I think the film specifically does not resolve on purpose. Like Holly Hunter certainly thinks it's wrong that he inserted that shot of him. But like, mm-hmm.
1: is it, is that wrong? I look, I had the exact same question. I was thinking about it again, because I love the scene where she's confronting him. And I think that, right. like that scene is so emotionally potent that it really works. And obviously I know that, I, I understand Holly Hunter's position that she thought it was wrong. And right. in, in a sort of, in a strict ethics of journalism sense it is because it's a lie like it is just a lie and you shouldn't do that but it's it's relates to the question that the film does not like ever have anybody like verbally ask but is is really important especially i think to the second half of the movie post the brooks anchoring on during the correspondence dinner of like yeah i mean William Hurt does have a point like you do if you want to communicate the news well you do need to engage in a little bit of showmanship like if you just do it as dry as Brooks wants to do it your reporting can be as good as anything but nobody's going to want to listen.
0: Right. Well, and the thing too is it's like you parallel that with um, Holly Hunter's bit in the beginning when they're in like on, on site in like South Mm -hmm. America and they're like, they're like, oh, and like these troops just got boots. And then Albert Brooks is like talking to him. He's like, okay, now can you put the boots on? And she's like, wait, stop. Like he has to like choose to put the boots on by himself. And I was like, well, this man's sitting here without shoes. Like, of course he's going
1: to put on the (laughs) his boots right there. He's about to.
0: And it's just like, and it's just like, and then he does it and it's like see he chose to do it like yeah. we didn't force anything and it's like and it's like that is so like borderline like psychotic you know yeah, what i yeah. mean like and in like to try to rationalize that like that like that is actual authenticity mm-hmm. is just like, you know what I mean? Like that, yeah. like you're, you're deluding yourself. If you're like, yes. no, 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 that was authentic because like we did the yeah. story about how these guys got shoes and like they put the shoes on themselves. You know what I and mean? Like, it's, like, it's like, you're fucking there like filming them like about like talking about this. But then later it is that thing where it is just, you know, um, it is like, you know, well, if the point of telling the story is to like give sympathy and empathy for the people going through mm-hmm. this, like, and I was actually upset by it, talking to her, like, is it bad that we staged, you know, like, yeah. like we wanted to get an insert shot and he was talking about how like, oh man, like I almost teared up there and yeah. they're like, oh man, it's a shame we didn't get that. And he was like, yeah. well, hold on, let me see if I can yeah. do it. And he like does it. And it's great. Yeah. Like, hey, like we have now recreated like what we felt was authentic in the mm-hmm. moment.
1: Which and is like maybe more emotionally authentic, even if it's not strictly true.
0: Yes. Even yeah. if it isn't like literally hey. like capturing reality and it is just that thing of like well if holly hunter is gonna let that piece on the air you know what i mean and like that's the whole thing that's yeah the whole thing with it
1: of yeah and it's the i mean look it's the it's not put maybe too fine a point on it but like that so often i think by you know absolutely malicious actors like people who don't give a shit about actual news integrity but like during the big swirling midst of me too so often and just in life so often the way that women and their stories are discounted is well there's too much emotion here and it's like right. oh i'm sorry that someone can't be a fucking emotionless robot when it comes to you know talking about their sexual assault like mm, oh that's what a what a shame they can't be Yes objective about that, yes. you know, but like, yeah, and it's but and by that scene, like you understand that it is not this one thing that Holly Hunter is truly mad at. it is the right accumula- it is the accumulation right. of the fact that Albert Brooks is correct, and this guy does represent everything that she hates, like, and this is just this is one thing that this is the straw that broke the camels back. this is the one thing that she just cannot stand, right and uh it's it's good it's really potent I again I feel for all three of the main characters they all the fact that they all inhabit individual like philosophical spaces in relation to one another and right
0: and they all like each other for good reasons and they all hate each each other for good reasons yeah I love the bit like maybe my favorite segment of the film other than like I mean from the time she gets to Albert Brooks's house, like that whole bit like to the end is just like great. And it just kind of is one big, like A leads to B leads to C leads to D. Like it is like, it is obviously over the course of a long period of time and all that stuff, but like the way it moves is really good. But like the whole like love triangle bit there at the end is like obviously like such great and like probably the best part of the movie. But like I think, like other than that, my favorite part of the entire movie is the whole bit where William Hurt is teaching Albert Brooks how to do the news. Yeah, through him actually doing the broadcast, which is just so mm. fucking funny. Oh,
1: it's it's so funny, and it's because him pulling down the suit, just sit on sit on your suit, sit on your suit. He like he's like Oh, that does wow, yeah. that looks better. Yeah, looks a lot better. And like, and then it's you know, and then you get the very closely you get basically the, the scene earlier where holly hunter is just shoving the the pads at him because it's and it's he's a reporter she's a producer he's an anchor and those three things are there um basically three like inter, what am i trying to say it's a three-way venn diagram where like the presentation of the network news lies at the center but then right. there's all this stuff where they overlap on certain certain bits and certain things right yeah uh, it's a good movie. I do, before we end, we do got to talk about the epilogue.
0: Yeah, oh, I of, like, course, of course. I like
1: how William Hurt's hair is bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I like that his hair gets bad. It is much worse now, unfortunately, poor guy. He's oh, also in yeah. his fucking 70s, though. Yeah, um, that's true. But, but then I do like how there's the tension in that scene of like, wait, is he going to say his wife and Holly Hunter is going to stand up? And then, oh, like, yeah. and then later you get the, like, she's walking up to the two of them and he's got the kid and is, like, is she going to be, like, oh, that's my son? Like, is there, like, I'm, like, I don't think so. That, I don't think that that would make any sense. But there is, like, right. a weird, like, the both of them coming up to her at once. I'm, like, there's just a fun tension there. And, and like, it's it's weird how congenial they are at the end, given that, like, literally everything both bad and good that they all thought it, it's kind of now that I think about it. It's kind of a bit of a bleak ass ending because every bad thing that they predicted would happen basically has. It's like yeah, fucking Bill Hurt has climbed the ladder and he's in control of way more shit than he should be. He does not have the skills to properly do that job. I am certain. Uh, you know, Brooks is is the exact thing he said. Is I'm gonna marry a woman. I'm gonna have a kid, and then we're gonna keep doing this thing where every couple of years we just get together and catch up. And I kind of keep my feelings on the down low and we don't you know and we just don't talk about it yeah and that's how the movie ends and it's 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 weird how like yeah but we they've they've all found some peace in that and that exactly. is exactly nice. yeah because that's what I was gonna say I, was
0: like, I feel like it's I, I I wouldn't use the term bleak that's maybe it a bit is
1: just that like Alice, yeah but
0: it is that thing of like you know I mean it happens when you get back together with people you went to college with or you mm-hmm. went back you get back to uh, gather with people you went to high school with and like we're too we're really too young to have the experience of like oh my god these people I worked with 15 years ago yeah because like 15 years ago I was like I probably maybe had my first like part-time job in high school and I haven't talked to fucking any of those people anymore mm-hmm. but like it is that thing of like you know it is that thing where to like you get back together and you're just like if we would have made like three decisions differently yeah like if like the people in this room would have made three different decisions Mm -hmm. like with regards to one another like our lives would have been way fucking different yeah like you do have to deal with that like because you shouldn't say deal with but you do have to like life is so much more complex than that but it also is like that simple where it's just like but like i have lived so many days and so many moments in between then and now that like had nothing to do with these people so it's like like yeah things would have been different but like like yeah. you know but like also like the last 10 years have had just as good of things and just as yeah. bad of things and like mm-hmm. i don't know i think it's i think it's a very like almost like comforting ending in the way that like so many uh so many rom-coms and stuff like deal with like the one that got away and like the important thing to do in a one that got away situation is no, but if you get them, then you win. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, this is like so many rom-coms have the like, well, 10 years ago, like this person was the one who got away. And like, I've been hung up on that ever since. And so like, now the thing to do is to get them. And like, that is the story of the movie. And I think that this movie is really fun in that, like the movie is the precursor to like, all of these people to some to somebody else in this movie is going to be the one that got away.
1: Yeah. You know yeah, know? and, it's, and like, it's it's a very emotionally mature ending. Exactly. Whereas yes. the three characters previous have shown very little emotional maturity yes. for most of the film.
0: Yeah. And I think it's a, just like a very good, like important kind of like coda that I mm-hmm. think sells this film really well because it's like, it doesn't give you that sense of, like absolution with any of Mm -hmm.
1: them. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good movie and I stand the more it just us talking about it and the more I think about it, I like it more and more. And I'm yeah, certain the next time I watch it it's gonna yeah, even knock my socks off even more.
0: No, yeah. And I mean like for for just like a little bit of like context, like for funsies, um, mm. like last night, uh, at the time of this recording, last night I went and saw The Batman. Yeah, go fuck yourself. Yeah, go, well fuck you Carson, nope. you should have no, seen Carson, it. No, Carson, you don't give me mad about it. Oh, fuck, I I fucking took tried. it in advance and no, put no, it on your calendar. Wasn't the- I, tried. I tried,
1: I tried. You're not allowed to be
0: bad. Anyway, anyway, so I saw The Batman last night and like that's a three hour fucking movie and the mm-hmm. local multiplex is about 25 minutes away. So, um, cause you know, like there's only one Dolby screen in the city. And like of course i've seen the fucking Batman man on the dolby screen so oh, like, yeah you know so i got home last night about 11 like 10 and 30 and i had to watch both this movie and the movie we're doing next week um like, so I was up until like three in the morning watching She's seen a lot of movies. Yeah, wow. Oh yeah, I know. Well, I'm, I'm dedicated. Um, <laughs> my mom, so I was just that tired. thing where it's like, it was really late. And so I like, and like, I've obviously seen this one before. So I put a pen in it and I woke up this morning and like my partner watched next week's movie with me. But like, this was the second one. Cause I was like, you know what? If I'm going to have to like not fully watch one, it's, it's got to be the one yeah, that the I've already seen. seen. So like, I was like finishing it up this morning as she was like getting ready and like going about her like day. And I was like, I was like, by the way, I was like, I was like, I am watching this movie right now. And just like, like, we need to watch, like, I want to watch this again, like, very soon. Like, we Mm -hmm. should watch this. Like, you and I should watch this because, like, this movie rules. Yeah. I was like, I am watching it right now. And I'm, like, kind of not ready for it to end. And I kind of want to, like, just kind of, like, live in this movie a little bit. Like, I just find it to be a very comforting, enjoyable film.
1: It's a real vibe. It's it's got some real ass vibes. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Ah, well, yeah, that was a good one. I'm really glad I watched that. I'm gonna watch it once a year for the rest of my life. Um, Uh,
0: more like podcast news. Am I right? (laughs) Uh,
1: (laughs) Got him. Thank you. Got him. Yeah. (laughs) There it goes. Oh, uh, Corey, would you like to tell the fine folks at home if they if they liked that great joke? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Uh, If you like what you hear, please be sure to like us and subscribe wherever you stream your podcasts. Leaving a review also really helps out the visibility of the show. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at HHYNSPod. And a very special thank you to our patrons. If you'd like a shout out on the show and bonus content, head over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash HHYNSPod. We have multiple levels, all with their own perks, ranging from $1 to $25 a month. Like I said, if you're interested in hearing more, please visit patreon.com slash H-H-Y-N-S pod.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. We've got some awesome stuff coming up, including after, as soon as Carson sees the fucking movie, our review of The Batman.
1: See it tomorrow, I swear. Our
0: review of The Batman.
1: I I got to the theater 20 minutes late last night, or two nights ago. Ah! Here's the thing. Like 20 forty minutes. minutes late, then. What was it? Like forty minutes late because there's like thirty minutes. Of yeah, there's trailers like th- in front th- of it.
0: Yeah.
1: No, like like twenty minutes later than I wanted. So I was I was like thirty five minutes late. I was okay, like twenty okay. minutes later than I wanted. To, I got you. Because yeah, no, I'm like it was fifteen minutes of just pure. Okay, so this is my thing. I was like, do I just trudge in and just hope that the trailers went a little bit longer than they usually do? And I was like, ah, oh, but if I don't see the very beginning of the movie. Like if I miss the first ten minutes, it's gonna I'm, be a bummer. Ah, it's gonna be a major fucking bummer. Yeah.
0: Like so, I just wanted to say, and like, cause I'm not gonna spoil anything for Carson. Please. Corey went to see it first. Corey went to Excuse see it me. like Thursday opening night. I went to see it like Friday, like the the yeah. you know the 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 advertised opening night. But like, um, Corey texted us on Thursday and was like, "Oh, just got out of the Batman," and I was like give us your review. And Carson was like, no, 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 no spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> I don't want to know
1: nothing. So I
0: won't, I won't spoil anything. Think I would spoil
1: it. Yeah, exactly. I know. I know. I I'm not going to spoil anything
0: for our beautiful listeners or for my beautiful co-host, but uh, that's pretty good. Like, I liked it.
1: Okay. It was All a right. fun movie.
0: It was good. Okay.
1: It was yeah. the movie
0: that was not bad because it was good.
1: I want to, I want to see, I want to see, I want to see Batman. <laughs>
0: All right, well, uh, we will see you guys next week when, Carson, what are we doing next
1: yeah, week? Yeah, so we're taking a hard, hard right turn. Uh, so we're going to be watching uh, a movie called Vanilla Sky, Cameron Crowe's mid-90s light sci-fi romantic thriller? Question mark. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, very weird.
0: And uh, I'm sure we all get into this next week, but I have no fucking idea why Carson wants me to watch this. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep,
1: yep. 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 No, you will. How have you you not seen
0: *Vanilla Sky*? Um, because isn't that a normal experience to have? Yeah, that people have not seen that movie.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, well, we will talk to you all next week
0: when we talk *Vanilla Sky*. Sky. Yeah.